0: You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 25. Jennifer Tardy, certified holistic nutritionist, discusses how you can optimize the diet of your special needs child. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like
1: mini trees. When you're having dinner with me broccoli
0: I am your host Dr. Yami Cazorla Lancaster board certified pediatrician certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor certified well coach and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio, everybody. I'm just so excited to have found this wonderful woman. Her name is Jennifer Tardy, and I am so glad to have her as a guest on Veggie Doctor Radio today. She is an experienced certified holistic nutritionist and integrative health coach. Her passion for health and wellness goes back over 20 years, and she currently works with families and children of all ages and stages to educate, inspire, and encourage healthy habits that will last a lifetime through her business. Jennifer Tardy Nutrition and Wellness is what she calls her business, and she has worked with several families, including those with autism and Down syndrome, maximizing health through nutrition. She is also the director for PT, the OT therapy and wellness that she co-owns with her husband, Paul Tardy, who works with special needs children. Together, they have five children, ages 13 through 21, one of whom has special needs. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio, Jennifer.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So Jennifer, I want to just... Go and delve right into your story. I found out about you through one of the boards online that deals with plant-based nutrition. So tell me, how did you find it? How Tell me about your wellness journey and your children.
1: Sure, sure. Um, my wellness journey started when um, I was about 19 years old. Um, I, I was married to my first husband then. I had always, I grew up on <laughs> processed food diet. Uh, a lot of prepackaged foods, little Debbie snacks, um, lots of fast food. Um, oh, so I was an overweight child. Um, and once I got married, moved on the other side of the country, I moved from Maine to Hawaii. Um, there was more of a emphasis on health over there. So I became interested. Um, start Went on a um, high carb, low fat diet. Um, lost a bunch of weight, but it wasn't sustainable, it was low calories. Um, so, I was, you know, just trying to do the, the latest and greatest thing um, over the years. Um, and, but I still had all of these issues, chronic constipation, irregular periods, um, inflammation, you know, things like that. Um, fast forward to um, 2010, with my current husband, Paul, um, heard about this fantastic documentary called Food Inc. And this was before Netflix um, that was streaming and everything. I'm like, we got to watch this video. So I ordered it from Amazon and we watched it and he was just devastated after he was like, now what are we supposed to eat? You know, no more McDoubles and, you know, no more McDonald's, you know, this is terrible. And I'm like, no, this, this is good. You know, we had to change our diet up. And at this time, um, my son, Riley, he was, um, he was in fifth grade. So he was about 10 years old and he was, he was a mess. Um, he was on several different medications. Um, He was uh, just hospitalized for a month due to behaviors in a a mental institution. Um, And we were just, I was just grasping at straws. The doctor's answers was more medication. Let's try this drug, let's try this drug. Um, So small town, just desperate of what to do. So, you know, we started embarking on this nutritional journey. So it started with Food Inc and we, Switched from uh, conventional meat to organic meat um, and, you know, cut out processed foods and things like that. But it still wasn't a good diet. It still had lots of improvement to do. You know, we still had dairy, but it was organic dairy, Um, you know, so, so things like this. So Riley, he's not getting, he's still not getting better. And my husband still has high blood pressure, CPAP machine, 90 pounds overweight. I'm still having my issues. Um, and we got a little girl too now who she's really hyperactive. So so we have this whole family thing going on. Um, Riley gets hospitalized. Um, he's eating lots of junk. Um, standard autism diets, like I like to call it, you know, chicken nuggets, waffles, grilled cheese sandwiches, lots of milk. He would come home and he would eat a whole loaf of white bread. Um, you know, the fluffy gummy stuff, you know, just stuff it in his mouth. Um, just couldn't fill him up. He's just hungry all the time. Um, so we just, you know, we were just so stuck. I was like, I got to figure out what... What we got to do here, so I just started researching and researching. We ended up leaving Maine um, and moving to relocating to South Carolina, um, which helped us in a way because we had access to more things um, versus rural Maine. Um, so Riley, um, he starts losing a lot of weight. It's like, what is going on? And this is um, right around 2013. Um, so. He's um, getting really tall. He's losing a lot of weight. We're thinking, well, maybe it's because he's going through a gross spurt. Um, but he ended up getting down to 108 pounds at 5 foot 10 inches tall. And this boy was eating an entire rotisserie chicken at one time. Um, we were logging all of his food, and he was eating between five and 6,000 calories a day. And he was – Still losing weight and it's like what is going on well come to find out he had um, he was diagnosed with a condition called eosinophilic esophagitis so he was basically allergic to a lot of the foods that he was eating and his body was attacking Mm-hmm. Attacking is treating the foods as parasites. So it was attacking. He was getting a lot of uh, eosinophils in the esophagus, it was causing narrowing, and he was like gagging on his food. So he was getting ready for a peg tube. Mm. Asked the doctor, you know, how to, is there a cure? Where does this come from? No, they said, No cure. We don't know where it's coming from. Well, I didn't agree with this, I didn't believe it. And it's like he's not getting a peg tube. We're gonna try and fix this. So we see Forks Over Knives, a documentary on Netflix, and I'm like, we gotta go plant-based. So we started um, really, really, really researching. Um, ended up uh, enrolling in integrate, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. That was my first step. Um, and then from there, um, I got my holistic nutritionist um, cert- certification through, um, through AFPA. Um, and then just read lots and lots of books and gone to different seminars. So it's like, okay, so this is the answer, but how do we get this child who only eats a few foods to go Mm plant-based? That was really, that was really difficult. Um, And at the same time, we have this little six-year-old girl at the time, Hallie, whose teacher is saying she needs to be on ADHD medication. She's, she's, she's hyperactive. She has ADHD well, I didn't want to go that route either. Um, because I didn't want it to change her personality and it's like, no, we're all done medication because Riley, he's already had three, um, mental hospital institutions with the medication. And the answer was more medication. It's like, we're not doing this anymore. So we, um, we bought a juicer, a nice Breville, um, juicer. And, um, one of the we had to, um, get the kids involved. So we, um, started juicing carrots first and my husband, who's an OT, he's got the, he's got the creative side. I'm, I'm the researcher. He's the creative, he's the creative one. So he had the kids involved with making juice and, you know, putting it in the juicer and making noises as it's coming out. And, um, so we started drinking carrot juice and he loved it. And my daughter loved it. And, um, we started with, uh, cucumbers, you know, just eating cucumbers because it's a bland taste, but it's cool. Um, doesn't have a lot of texture adversity to it. Um, and if he wanted to dip it in something, he can dip it in something. So we, we started like little steps like that, um, with juicing and smoothies and adding in different foods. Um, and we've all made tremendous gains in our health, our whole family,
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I just, I love how you were persistent and you're like, you know, I'm not going to give up. I know that there's another answer. So tell me that was a few years ago now. And Riley was how old at that time when you started making this change?
1: We started making the change um, when he was about um, 13 years old, when he got the diagnosis for EOE.
0: Okay. And then how old was your daughter?
1: She was, um, she was seven. Okay. Okay.
0: And so fast forward, how do you guys eat now?
1: We are a hundred percent plant-based, um, vegan. Um, so, um, we don't eat any dairy, any animal products at all. Um, we were flourless as well. So we do like the Ezekiel bread, Um, uh, things like that. Um, and it was, it was quite the transition. We didn't go cold Turkey. Like I said, it started with switching over to grass fed, um, beef and, and meat and, um, organic dairy. Um, so it didn't, it didn't, uh, it wasn't one of these we're gonna switch everything out all at once. It was a transition for our family, mm-hmm. um, so and that, that's just what worked for us. And we needed to do that. To um, one of the things is is you gotta gain your children's trust, um, and you have to model the good behavior. So everybody's gotta be in it together, and um, so the kids can see you changing, and then they're gonna be more likely to change as well. So.
0: Yeah, so the evolution has been probably around over the last eight to ten years. Would you say that's when you first started to to think about that? So you're right; it has been a very gradual, stepwise change, both mentally and physically. Right? Like you just have to get over some of the mental hurdles of like, okay, I can go a little this time. Next time, I can go a little bit further and a little bit further. Yeah, Riley when he was younger, seemed to have some very extreme behavior problems. If he had to be hospitalized for a whole month for behavior, what kind of issues was he having? What kind of behaviors was he having back then?
1: Oh my goodness. He was constant tantruming. um, Just constant to the point of self-interest behavior. Um, He would bang his head. He would bite himself. Um, it, It was, you couldn't take him anywhere. It was just constant um and nothing was help nothing was helping um he was having seizures as well um so he was on more medication for that um and at the time he couldn't talk um he had a couple of words you know like you know if he was hungry eat or drink no he knew the word no um, but um it was very, very limited language. Um, you know, he still wore diapers until he was about nine years old, saw the pacifier. Um, he was very addicted to milk milk and bread, milk and bread. Um, so he was just very, um, very difficult to handle and nothing nothing was working. Um,
0: that is very intense and I'm sure it was so stressful for you and such an emotional roller coaster.
1: Yeah, it's really stressful when you don't know what to do and you're desperate and you're just grasping at straws and you take them to the doctors and they don't have answers. Their answer is, well, let's try this new drug. Um, Nobody ever talked about um, nutrition. You know, nobody ever said, what are you feeding him? Um, and, and it's because most doctors, they don't have nutrition education in medical school. They, you know, they just don't know. They, they are known, you know, they know about medicine. Um, so it was really, really frustrating because you send them to this place and hope that they're going to get better and they don't get better. Um, so yeah.
0: Wow. And you're right. I feel like there's a lot of kids that have pervasive developmental disorders or developmental delays or chromosomal disorders, and they end up on this kind of brown and white diet, you know, chicken nuggets, bread, cheese, and that's it. There's nothing green, nothing, there's nothing of any color, not a lot of fresh stuff, very hyper-processed, but we end up in this place where that's acceptable because we feel like, well, they have to eat something. And yeah. I, there's no way I can get this type of child to eat this. They're going to refuse it all and they're going to starve to death. So you said at the beginning, he started taking some of those foods, but how difficult was it to transition him to a food? Cause now I know he eats a mainly whole food plant-based diet, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. hundred percent, um, plant-based. Um, and it, it was a long process. Um, you know, you probably know, but a lot of parents probably don't know this, but it can take up to 15 times for a child to try new food. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times parents give up on that first try when the when the kid is like, I don't want that. Well, our rule was, we're going to put this new food on your plate. You don't need to eat it, but it's going to be on your plate, you know, at least touch it, maybe smell it. Um, you know, play with it a little bit, if you want to lick it, you can, that that's going to count as a taste. Um, but we're going to, we're going to try this new food. Um, so that's what we started doing is trying one new food. Like we try, we started with the cucumbers. We knew he wasn't going to need a carrot. So that's why we juiced the carrot because it's nice and sweet and he, you know, he's going to love it. And he, and he did, he thought it was kind of fun watching, you know, this carrot turn into some juice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with all my husband's noises involved, you know, he made it pretty comical. Um, and then we started mixing the carrot juice. We would add in some spinach to the carrot juice. So now we're getting in some greens in there and then we'd add some kale and then we switched over to just a spinach juice with some cucumber, some celery, and maybe a little lemon juice and some apple. Yeah. You know, he's drinking that up. But the whole time we kept the kids involved. So they were making this um, uh, juice with us, and it wasn't like we're trying to trick them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got them involved, and same with the smoothies. We were adding kale and spinach into the strawberry banana smoothie mm-hmm. um, just so they are getting involved. They're seeing what's going in it, um, and they think it's fun. They just love to, you know, be involved in the kitchen. Um, Riley just finally, after all these years, finally ate his last thing that he refused to eat and that was spaghetti because to him spaghetti, a plate of spaghetti looks like worms to him and Riley can speak now. That was another benefit of going plant-based and coming off all this medication is he's quite the talker now. He can talk. And um so it's like Riley, why won't you eat spaghetti? You eat macaroni, you know, brown rice macaroni, why won't you eat the spaghetti? What is it about the spaghetti? It's the same, it's the same ingredients, you know. Look, I would show him the ingredients. And he goes, It looks like worms. Wow. So it's like, okay. So what we did with the spaghetti was we cut it up to size of rice. Mm-hmm. And then with each dinner of spaghetti, we would make the noodles longer and longer. Um, so now, he's at the whole length of the pasta. And that just happened yesterday, uh, two days ago, where he got the whole, the whole um, strand of pasta without being cut up. Um, wow, so that
0: that, was that's just amazing.
1: Yeah. How
0: long after you started making this transition with the juicing and the smoothies, did you start seeing changes in his behavior?
1: Um, within, probably within a month because after, and it was little changes because we didn't take everything away. We, we, we used a crowding out approach. Mm -hmm. So we would add in more fruits and vegetables and reduce the amount of non-preferred foods Our non-preferred foods at the same time. Um, So but within a month, we started seeing some subtle changes. Um, He was biting himself less. Um, He'll bite his hand when he gets frustrated. Um, He was making more eye contact. And um, he started talking more. Mm -hmm. Um, So those were the big things that we started noticing. Um, And he just wanted to, there was more interaction. He wanted to, you know, be around us more. And, um, you know, he would start Saying um, rather than just repeating phrases, he was actually engaging in um, some conversation or saying me- meaningful things that were appropriate. were you surprised? I was really surprised I was really surprised and um because I was always told that you know once he got to a certain age that's that's about it. he's not going to go any further um but he's gone a lot further. His reading has improved. His his writing is amazing. He writes neater than my other two kids. Um, and then Paul has two kids of his own as well. And he writes the neatest of them all, just these perfect little square letters. And um, and that didn't happen until after the transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everything has improved. Um, his independence, his, able, his ability to do things on his own. Mm-hmm. And
0: what about the symptoms of the the EE, the eosinophilic esophagitis?
1: Okay, so this is the amazing thing. I was told there is no cure. There's no cure. Well, he went in for his last scope, and there's no eosinophils. He doesn't have it anymore. So he's cured, and we did that without the um, steroid slurries, and we didn't do the G-tube. And he's eating – some of the foods that he was allergic to, like rice, that was one of the things he was allergic to. Um, oats, um, peas, peaches, um, all of those things he's allergic to. Peanut butter, um, and he's eating all of those things and he's non-reactive to them.
0: Wow, I mean, it must, gained, and he's gained, gained weight. weight?
1: Yeah, about 40 pounds. Whoa. So he really healthy weight, so he's at um, uh, 146 pounds and he's 5'11".
0: Wow, wow. I mean, it seems like almost a miracle to me. So how old is he now?
1: He will be um, 19 in May.
0: And how is his functioning these days?
1: It is. It's much better. Um, You know, he's certainly not a 19 year old. Um, Academically, he's probably a second grade level academically. Um, But before that, he was probably toddler age. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's, you know, he's improved a lot. Um, with that regards Um, independence he can do laundry he can load a dishwasher he can prepare simple meals um, he gets himself ready in the morning Um, so he has a he's gained a lot of independence Um, and he knows that he reads labels on food so when he goes out when he goes to school on a little um, trip and they have to make a purchase at the store he reads the label so he, he knows if he can have it or not. He knows what ingredients he can have and, and what he can't have. Um, wow. he, yeah, yeah. That's
0: incredible. So he, he's on board with this. He knows the importance of it for his body.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. A little funny story real quick. Um, a few months ago, I asked him, like I do every day, what did you do in school today? And he said, I made poisonous cupcakes for the bake sale tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> like, poisonous wow. Cupcakes. What do you mean, poisonous cupcakes? And he said, cupcakes with food coloring in it and high fructose corn syrup. And I'm like, oh, well, those are poisonous to us, aren't they? So, yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, to me, it seems like a miracle because at 10 years old, in diapers yeah. and non-communicative and yeah. hospitalized for a month.
1: Yes. Yes
0: in just nine years going to where he can do independent functions and he's talking and he's interacting. And I mean to a pediatrician who has seen some of these children stay at that level for pretty much ever. This is incredible. Like this gives me hope. I just love hearing this story. And one of the things that really lit me up is because when you posted on this group, you posted a picture of him be sitting behind his plate of food with yes. all of these veggies and fruits and this he had this big smile on his face and I was like, Yes, that <laughs> is incredible. There is hope.
1: Yes, yes.
0: What would you tell those parents out there? Because I know how they feel. They're stressed out. They think, okay, this is hard enough. I have a child with special needs. I feel like I'm working all the time. It's really stressful. I, you know they probably also experience some depression around this because it's a chronic condition. Yeah. Where can they start?
1: They can, they can start with just trying that one new food, um, you know, add it to their, their plate. You know, cucumbers is a great place to start if they're not eating that, um, fruit, any, any plant, you know, fruit or vegetable, you know, start there, um, and then just have it on their plate um incentives worked wonderful for riley um he loves uh popsicles and soda water flavored Mm -hmm. soda water like um so um that was that was a goal okay if you want if you want your soda water on friday you gotta you know have these new foods on your plate and to earn that um or um he he loves tea at night you know he likes this cup of tea at night if okay, you got to try this or you're, you can't have your tea. You got to, you got to try this. Just try it, you know, just leave it on your plate. Um, so things like that, incentives. Um, kids are going to tantrum. They're going to take a fit. Um, but we're the parent and uh, it's, it's, it's attention, they're going to eat when they're hungry and they're not going to eat when they're not hungry. Um, it's okay if they don't finish. Um, most kids aren't going to starve. Um, there, there are some kids that are failure to thrive, and you know I certainly wouldn't recommend that. But the majority of kids, they know when they're hungry and they know when they're not. Um, and a lot of these kids too are grazing all day long. So when it comes to mealtime, they're they're not eating. So there's no, um, they're not hungry enough to try something new. Um, so that was another thing we did was kind of cut out the snacks and, and them having the constant crackers out all the time and and things like that. And so that they're hungry at mealtime and they're, they're going to eat because they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is we see a lot of families, um, especially my husband's clients and um, some of my clients too. And when a kid is, when you're trying to get a kid to try a new food, the parent is looking at them like all anxiety, intense, like, Uh, he's not gonna like it well the child picks up on that right away and they're gonna be like okay what are you trying to give to me you know because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eat it so just be relaxed a relaxed environment and be a model you know eat with them if you're still drinking you know soda and and you know the junk food yourself and trying to get your kids to eat the fruits and vegetables, well, that's not going to work. So it's better to do it as a whole family, um, because they're gonna—they want to model after you, and they want to be like mom and dad. Um, so that's the best way to do that too, and get them involved in the kitchen.
0: Those are all wonderful tips. And those are a lot of the same tips I, get, I give to all kids. So yeah. I'm happy to learn from you that has more experience with working with special needs kids that the same tips apply. So I'm just going to review them. Yeah. So start small. Just start with just one cucumber, whatever you're going to start with at a time, putting it on their plate, never forcing them to eat it. And have patience. And along with that is to be relaxed. So whenever we're stressed out or we're trying to force our kids to eat, right? Be like, come on, just eat it. You know, so it's like, it's just going to create the same, the opposite effect that we want, the rebound effect. Exactly. Um, and also, I love how you pointed out not snacking. Um, along with that, I'm going to say to eliminate caloric beverages during the day. Yes. Because yes. like you Art. had pointed out, your child was addicted to milk. And if they're drinking milk all day, that has a lot of calories. Not only is it probably affecting their brain because that casein is crossing the blood brain barrier, but it's also making them full. So when they get to the meal time, they're like, I don't want that green thing. I wouldn't want it anytime, but I'm definitely not hungry right now. So um, that's going to make it a lot harder for them to accept new foods. And then also the incentive. So finding what your child gets motivated by, and every child is different. I like that, um, the carbonated water. So do you guys make your own carbonated water at home, or what kind did you use for Riley at the beginning?
1: Um, Like the Poland Springs um, has a good carbonated water. There's no sweetener in it or anything. Um, Or other times we just get the plain carbonated water, and we'll add some palm juice to it and some lime juice. Oh, Um, Lime in there, and that's really good. And it makes it like a little pink drink too, and the kids love that.
0: Yeah, and it's Um, fancy for them; it's something special. I know my older child loves fizzy water. He was actually saying the other day, he's like, "Mommy, I can't wait till we go to Europe because in Europe, don't they drink fizzy water all the time? And you actually have to tell them if you don't want fizzy water." (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's it, it seems special, but it doesn't have that sugar and that artificial sweeteners and, and colors and all of that kind of stuff. So that's a, that's a good idea.
1: Exactly. And another tip too, especially for um, my autism families, um, kids with autism, um, they like certain brands of foods, mm-hmm. certain packages. And one thing I had to do with Riley, he was so addicted to chicken nuggets was I had to, I, I kept the bag. He liked the the banquet nuggets because they were more mushy and I, when I bought new ones, this was the, during the transition, I put a brand that he didn't like inside the banquet bag. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't like them well Riley, They must've changed the recipe. So, you know, we, we would do some things like that. Um, the, the fruit loops or the cocoa puffs that he used to eat. I switched them to an organic brand without the colors, but I kept it in the same box. So he wouldn't think I was trying to, Know switch something on them because they're so rigid in their routines, yeah. Um, and and that's and that's what happened. Um, with that, now he just eats you know regular flax flakes, you know, it doesn't matter, just yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and you do you have to individualize it for the child, and and every parent I trust parents because they know their kid, they know their kid, and so you have to be creative like that. That's so creative. I probably wouldn't have thought of it, I would have just switch the whole thing and they'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm not trying that. (laughs) So, so that was very clever. And that's a way to kind of get your child to try something that otherwise they may not try.
1: Right. Talk
0: to me about the environment. Did you guys, I know at the beginning you were adding instead of taking away, but was there a point where you started removing certain foods from the environment in order to decrease the temptation to eat them?
1: Yes. One thing we did remove right away was the junk food. So we got rid of the Oreos and the chips Ahoy and the prepackaged cakes and ice cream, um, the white bread. We got rid of that right away um, because we knew if it was around and the kids knew what was around, they're just going to go get in the cupboard or fridge and, and eat it. So mm-hmm. that was the one thing that we got rid of right off the get-go. It's like, it's not coming in the house and um, it still doesn't come in the house. Um, we, we just keep that out. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think that's very important too, because sometimes when you're trying to make headway, that'll stall you because if it's still there, it's, it's hard to ignore. I mean, it's hard for me. It's hard for kids. We know that if there's a yummy, decadent, highly processed food, um, it calls our name. So getting it out, um, is a good idea and it doesn't mean you can never have it, but at least, you know, you're not going to have it all the time and it's not going to be in the home where it's as tempting. So that's great. Let's switch gears a little. I want to talk about your daughter and ADHD because even though there are some similar things, ADHD is very common, um, diagnosed very often now, and we are seeing a lot of effects with these children in school and socially. And I do feel that food can be very impactful in their performance and in their behaviors and how these behaviors exhibit in, in these children. So tell me about your daughter's journey and what changes you've seen in her and what tips you may have for parents that have children that have ADHD.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, so she was six years old. Um, the, the teachers are pushing towards ADHD medication. Um, we just didn't want to go that route. Um, so I came across, um, um, a couple of articles, research articles from from the UK. Um, United States doesn't have a lot of these, this research, um, but over in Europe, they do with food colorings and certain additives. And, um, there was two studies that I came across. Um, one was, um, two groups of kids that were split up. Um, they were ages um, five to nine, so they're right in out Hallie's age group, and they were split up into two groups. One group had party food, so your chips, your soda, your cake, ice cream, and the other group had um, whole whole foods, um, fruits and vegetables, um, whole grains, um, and then they they watched the two groups, um, and the group that had the party food they had like 700-and-something incidences of bad behavior following consuming this food, whereas the other group only had like 120 incidences of bad behavior. Um, And then there was another um, study that was done by a university, same age group, but I think it was three three to nine, um, and they had hundreds of kids involved in this study. And um, it lasted for six weeks rather than just an afternoon. And um, each day, um, the kids would get a drink. Um, Some kids would get a drink with additives in it and some wouldn't. And the teachers nor the parents had no idea which group got what. And that also proved that the food coloring and the additives contributed to negative behaviors. Um, So that's where we went with Hallie. Um, We cut out all of the um, additives, sugar, food colorings, um, as we did with Riley as well. And um, she's 100% plant-based as well. Um, She is no longer struggling in school. She gets A's and B's, um, whereas before she needed extra help, she was taken out of the classroom for extra help. Um, she just couldn't sit still. She's hyper fidgeting all the time, um, or staring out the window, um, just not paying attention. Um, It was a little more struggle for her going plant based. And I think it's probably similar for any child is um, you kind of get ridiculed by some of the kids with you're not eating the school lunches, you know, you're bringing in your own lunch that is a avocado sandwich or, um, vegetable soups or, um, things like that. So she's, she had a little bit of a struggle with that in elementary school. Um, but now in middle school, she's got a couple of her friends, um, actually, uh, going towards more plant-based themselves, telling their parents about it and, um, you know, wanting to, to learn more. So it's not as bad now as, as it was, um, early on for her, you know, just kind of getting a little bit bullied off about it.
0: Wow. That's an amazing story. And it's great that she's doing well in school, but have you noticed any differences at home in her behaviors oh
1: my goodness. around her? Yes. Um, she pays attention. She's more polite. Um, her she's more organized. Um, whereas before she was, you know, like the messy Marvin, um, type, um, just, you just had to keep, you know, keep reminding her for everything, you know, how do, you do this? How do, you do that? How do you do that? You know, and now she's just, you know, does it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's more um, in tune with um, uh, herself with um, she's more compassionate towards others. Um, she's not um, I don't want to say rude, but She was kind of rude before, I guess, you know, um, kind of bossy. And um, she's just totally, totally a different child um, than she was before.
0: Yeah, that rudeness was probably a little bit of the impulsivity. You know, that impulsivity comes through and, they don't have much of a filter. So it just comes out, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's just really fascinating. Has she herself verbalized that she feels different or if she gets into those foods accidentally or by choice, Yes, does she feel it?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, like when she goes to, um, um, you know, parties, you know, birthday parties and things like that, Um, I let her make her own choice. Um, I read in Dr. Furman's books that um, when his kids were younger, he let them make their own choice when they went to a birthday party and stuff. So I did the same for Hallie. And um, she would come back home and she'd be like, mom, mom and dad, you know, my stomach hurts, you know, from, you know, I had, I had a burger at that party and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make my stomach feel good. I'm going to go lay down. Um, So she knows that Um, those foods aren't, aren't healthy for her. Um, Mm -hmm. So she, you know, tries to avoid them as much as she can when she's out. Yeah. And now that she has
0: a couple of friends that are more plant-based and she feels more comfortable with it, is she also an advocate for eating this way or is she kind of still shy about it?
1: She is an advocate. Um, She recently made the basketball team for middle school And she proudly wore her vegan shirt during practices. It says stronger, faster, vegan, um, her friends, um, some of her her classmates, um, and on the basketball team were, you know, a little weirded out by her at first, but once they got to know her, um, they were really supportive of her. Um, so when, um, you know, her teammates are having pizza and things like that pregame. Um, she she brought her own food. Um, and then she had a couple of her friends um, when it was their time to provide the meals, they would um, prepare her something special um, that was plant based for her. So she wouldn't feel left out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's been good. And, you know, they ask questions and well, what do you eat? And, You know, and if she doesn't know the answer, she'll come to me and I'll print out something. and We'll give them this, you know, this will, you know, explain it a little better. And um, so, yeah, she's she's been an advocate. She loves to talk about it and she loves to debate. So (laughs) I think that's a little of the ADHD left in her, you know, that she loves to debate and, you know, prove her point. So,
0: well, my feeling is that children that are diagnosed with this, you know, ADHD I don't really believe in that last D I think that they have a brain difference and they are sensitive and susceptible to certain chemicals and substances which can exacerbate some behaviors but I think they truly see the world differently and because of that it gives them some superpowers you know they imaginative creative they usually do have a lot more energy than the rest of us and they just see the world differently which is something that we need in this world so I really am glad and my older son has that diagnosis, but I I do feel like he also has the superpowers, you know, so, so it's fascinating. But what a gift that you were able to find this way of eating. You were able to change the trajectory of your children's lives. And then beyond that, they're influencing other people and you're influencing other people. What an amazing gift. So thank you so much for, for having the courage to make those steps to change your family's diet, even when the going got tough. I really admire yeah, that.
1: Yeah, it was it was tough at first because you, you have the temper tantrums and stuff. And, you know, it, you have to um, see that it's addicting to them just like it is for adults, the foods, and they're going to go through withdrawals. And it's temporary. It'll just last a couple of weeks. And then they'll start to get the, their head will start clearing and it'll get a lot better. And then before you know it, it's smooth sailing and they're eating everything in the world. And they're bringing their own lunchbox to Pizza Hut like my son does when he goes to trip for school. He brings his own lunch. Um, He won't won't eat at any of the fast food places. Um, So it, it happens. And then the other thing is, is your grocery bill will go down it'll go way down. Um, a lot of people think it's more expensive, but it's, it's not our grocery bill, um, probably went down 40%. Um, that's a
0: lot. Wow. So lots of different surprises. Do you have any specific tips for families of children with ADHD, as opposed to what we talked about earlier, anything different that you would add?
1: Um, the big thing is, um, sugar, and um, the added additives that are in foods. Mm-hmm. Um, over in Europe, they don't have food coloring in foods. And when when we lived in Japan, um, they didn't have artificial food coloring in foods either, or corn syrup. Um, so, you know, get you know, have them eat the most natural um, foods you can. You know, plant based food, whole foods is you know the best. I think is the best way to go for for any child, especially children with ADHD
0: i agree and one thing that i've noticed too and i don't know if you've seen this in your practice and with the children you work with but i feel that children with adhd like you know when we talk about brain food their brains they're working hard i mean those brains are fascinating brains i mean they're just crazy brains you know they they just use a lot of brain energy so i have noticed that those kids tend to thrive on the high, more high-calorie density foods. So I do say you might want to emphasize the beans, and if they don't have nut allergies, some of the nuts, you know, no added sugars or things like that. But I think sometimes they just need more calories, you know, yes, um, yes. and that I mean, helps them feel more stable in their brains too.
1: Yes, yes Hallie eats she, lo- she eats lots of nuts, um, avocado,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and we eat beans every day. So that's just part of the staple in our diet. But yeah, nuts and seeds. Avocado, um, hummus, anything mm-hmm. like that. You
0: know? Yeah. And so, you know, every kid is different, but I think also just to pay attention to that because sometimes we get onto this like, okay, as low fat as possible. But I really do feel like those kids thrive with yeah. a little bit higher calorie density. So then whole food sources of, and same you know, with, uh, fats.
1: As well um, with their brains, um, same thing, you know, lots of nuts and seeds, the avocado, the, the good um, plant based fats.
0: Awesome. Very good. Well, Jennifer, can you tell me what motivates you to do the work that you do?
1: What motivates me is I wish I knew now. I wish I knew then what I know now. All those years ago, I wish um, somebody had came to me and said, I know what will help your child. And, you know, this is, this is what you have to do. And this is how easy it can be. And it's, it's not a pill form. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my mission is so parents don't have to go through what I had to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my child doesn't, any other child doesn't have to go through what my child has gone through, you know, being away from his family for a month at a time um, in, in, you know, a place full of strangers, um, I don't wish that on any child or family cause it's, it's tough on both. Um, so that's, that's what keeps me going is to try to, to help all those families out there that they just don't know. They don't know what to do or how to do it.
0: And to give them hope
1: because yes. a lot
0: of feel that there's, I mean, that's it. There's no other hope. There's nothing else they can do except more medications. Yes. So hope is huge.
1: And the other thing is, is they can't feel sorry for their child. Um, because there's no hope in that Mm -hmm. they have to treat them like other children to empower them Mm -hmm. because their kid their child wants to be like other children Mm -hmm. they may not be able to show it but deep down they want to and we need to empower them so they can they can be
0: that's beautiful thank you so much for doing the work that they do that you do Um, tell me what personal habit are you most proud of? how did you develop it, and how do you maintain it?
1: Um, I guess um, hmm. I'm not sure um I've got a lot of a lot of habits um, I guess um hmm I'm kind of stumped on this one. Um, <laughs> I guess always trying new foods. Um, We're always trying new recipes. I cook everything um, from scratch. I probably have over 100 different um, plant-based cookbooks. I'm always getting the latest one. Um, So I guess that's a habit of mine, is just trying new things all the time. Um, And I just, I'm stubborn. I don't give up on things easily. Um, So that's another habit, um, Mm -hmm. I guess, that I'm pretty proud of. Um, So yeah.
0: Well, it served you well, too, that persistence, because otherwise you wouldn't be where you are. You wouldn't have tried something different for your family and your children. So that is a very, very valuable habit. Jennifer, can you tell us about your services? What kind of services do you offer for your clients and then where we can connect with you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I see um, chil- I see families with children um, as well as individuals and families. Um, I see um, special needs children um, and then just typical d- developing children too that just need some help with their diet. They're the picky eaters category. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also see adults um, that want to change their eating habits um, and they could be suffering from a variety of conditions. Um, I do um, individual um, consultations. Um, so um, that's like a one-time thing, pay as you go. Um, half hour through Skype, or we can meet in person, um, where we go over um, health histories and um, what they're what they're looking for, um, what their goals are, their nutritional goals, and you know, brainstorm and you know, give them tips on you know how to go in the right direction. Uh, for people that um, need more support and a more structured approach. Then we do a six-month program um, where we meet twice a month. Um, they That involves um, menu plans based on their likes and cooking skills and time. Um, and um, we work through together for six months and to reach in their goals um, that will continue on for the rest of their lives. Um, we do grocery store tours. A lot of people are really intimidated with the grocery store, like how do I shop? This new way of healthy eating <laughs> so we um, we go on grocery store tours I do cooking classes um, and then I also do um, workshops um, I have a few different workshops with um, the connection with food and behavior with children um, feeding um, your child with special needs um, and things like that so and they can find me on my website I'm on Facebook and Instagram um, and Jennifer
0: Lovely. Wow. You do a lot of things. And for these families that have children with special needs or normally developing children that need help with their children, are those uh, consoles that you can do remotely over Skype as well? Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, great. Well, I can't wait to refer some families to you. I'm so happy I found you. Um, So your website is jennifertardynutrition.com on Facebook. It's at Jennifer Tardy Nutrition. You're also on Instagram, Jennifer underscore tardy underscore nutritionist and Twitter, Gen T underscore nutrition. So you can be found in lots of different places. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your beautiful story. I think what I have come away from this the most that's impacted me is that I want families to know that there is hope that yes, they can they can start making changes, little changes that add up over time that will change the entire trajectory of their lives and their children's lives. And it can be done. And I'm seeing you and I'm seeing your story and I'm just so excited. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today.
1: Yes, it's happy. I'm happy to be able to share it with you.
0: Great. Well, Jennifer, I can't wait to connect with you again, but for now have a plantastic day.
1: You too. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed today's
0: episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocket surgeons music. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at Facebook.com forward slash VeggieFitKids or you can email me at veggie doctor V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at VeggieFitKids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a fantastic
1: day. We're having broccoli. We're having broccoli.